Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome once again to uh, this service. And uh, we want to continue to look into the scripture to see how we can inherit our inheritance from the Lord, how we can enter into the promised land and continue to live in that land for long, live in the promises of God for long. So we've been talking about fulfilling the covenant of love by loving, uh, by fearing God because we know who He is. We know He's Almighty. He, he's, he's, uh, His Majesty. So we know how to honor Him. We know how, how to fear Him. That's, that's the first commandment. Those who truly know Him will honor Him, will fear Him. And then we are to love God with all of our hearts because there's only one God and we're not to have idols, visible, invisible idols in our hearts, but we're to love Him with all of our hearts and we're to serve Him with all of our hearts. That's because we, we love Him and we will serve Him uh, as only one and living God. So, uh, we have a lot of Christians today because we think that we are living in the dispensation of grace. So, that's the Old Testament is done with. Everything is in Christ, so Christ is grace and, and we just inherit everything. And... Uh, it's true. We do not depend on ourselves and we trust in Jesus. But what does it mean to trust in Jesus? What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to really walk into what Christ has, has done for us? And uh, despite of His grace, we can miss His grace rather than what people think that, oh, because it's grace and, and, and everything just come uh, with no condition. Let's look at Hebrews 12, verse 15. It says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter roots grows up, cause trouble and defile many. So there is a grace of God that is available, but you can fall short. You can miss it. Or in our topic, you can lose what God has given to you. Yet it's grace. It's grace. You can miss it because you did not fulfill your part, because you have a bitterness in your heart. And as a result, you lose the grace of God. So, and coming back to the topic, uh, the, the focus that we are in, in the Old Testament, the story about the nation of Israel entering into the promised land. And let's look at what the New Testament has to say about those, those stories, those examples, those experiences. 1 Corinthians 10. 
Verse 1. He said, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact. Take note of that. I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact. What facts? Brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and they were all passed through the sea and they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and they all ate, ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. So God wants us to know these are facts. The fact is they were saved, delivered out of Egypt. The fact is they were baptized, just like us. And the fact is they have the same spiritual food and drink, just like we do. So these are facts. So we don't want to say, oh, that's Old Testament. Jesus hasn't come yet. Jesus was with them. Jesus was leading them. And that's why when, when Moses used a rod and strike the rock, instead of speaking to the rock, God says, you dishonor me. You strike Christ, the rock. You see, so, so these are facts. They are saved, baptized, and, and have the word of God. But what happened? Verse 5. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. They never entered into the promised land that God wants to give it to them. And God was not pleased with them. So today, we can be saved, baptized, having the word, have fantastic experiences in God. And yet, we, are we pleasing Him? Do we enter into, can we enter into what God has promised us? His, his kingdom to rule and reign with Him. And the next verse, verse 6. He said, now, these things occur as example to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. So the word of God is telling us, hey, these are examples for us. So that we will not do the same thing. If we do the same thing, we will suffer the same consequence. Because they are example for us. So that we will not set our hearts to do those evil things that they did. Murmur against leaders, rebelling against God's, God's leading and God's way and God's plan and purpose. You say, these are examples for us. So it's relevant. It's not Old Testament, nothing to do with us. We are now grace. It's example. And he said, do not be ignorant. These are facts. These are facts. They are saved, they are baptized, they have the word. They miss it. These are facts. So what are we to do? And so they were recorded for our purpose, for us to 
take as an example, and, and God himself personally commanded Moses to write for the future generation. Look at what Numbers 33, verse 1. Here are the stages in the journey of the Israelites when they came out of Egypt by division under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. Verse 2. At the Lord's command, Moses recorded the stages in their journey. This is their journey by stages. So you see, God commanded Moses to write this thing down for the future generations so that, the, that, so that we can take it as example and learn and not to do and repeat the same thing that they were doing. So that is not Old Testament not important. It is for us today that God wants us to learn from those examples. And uh, so just now we read in verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 10, he said, do not be idolaters as, they, as some of them were. Do not be idolaters. So what do we learn? not to be idolater. And of course, we're not talking about physical, tangible idols. Because we don't. Christian, we don't, we don't keep those things. But we can keep invisible idols in our hearts. That's why the Bible talks about the circumcision of the heart. Because the idols are in our hearts. We mentioned some of our idols. Our idols could be many. And that's why there are people, Christians. I have people in the church. Now they're too busy because of their job, because of chasing after idols, chasing after money. So they have no time to come and worship God. Oh, they're busy. But God has said, the rules. God has set the order how we should honor Him, how we should fear Him by coming together to worship as one. They are idols of relationship. They are people. They cannot stand on their own in Christ. They cannot do what is right. They follow their friends. Whatever the friends say, you know, you go, I go. If you don't go, I don't go. You know, that kind of relationship. These are not, these are not people who honor God and, and, and make Jesus as law. They may say, Jesus is my Lord, but no. Their friend is law over them. And their idols, we put our children as our idols. The Bible talks about the pride of life. What is the pride of your life? What is the things that you are proud of? especially those older ones, you talk to them, the thing that they are proud of is their children. Nothing else. It's their children. Everything is about their children. So can you see, they put their children above God, above what God wants to do, above what God, wants, uh, God says. They, somehow they cannot understand the word of God because they honor their children more than God. Pride of life. Invisible idols. So maybe there are other things that you, you hold on to, you trust in, rather than God. 
But God says, we are not to be idolaters as they were. You know, how were they idolaters? They entered into relationship with the Moabite's woman. And as a result of those relationships, uh, sexual relationship, relationship, because now you're close to them, they end up worshipping idols, trusting in the things that they trust. So if you follow your friends, you are influenced by them, you do what they want, you go where they want to go, that's idolatry rather than following God. So do not indulge in the desire of the flesh. 1 Corinthians 10, let's read, continue to read verse 7. Just now we read in verse 7, do not be idolaters as some of them were. And then it continued to say, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in rivalry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did in one day. 23,000 of them died. So that's what it is when we, they, they were influenced by the Moabite woman because they entered into a relationship with them and God dealt with them, 23,000. So you can see how rampant this thing was happening in the midst of God's holy people. And today, this example for us are we also following idols, invisible idols? So we are divided in our worship to God and man. To God and mammon. Right? Jesus said you can only choose one. But yet we have idols. And uh, what other things they did? In verse 9, 1 Corinthians 10. Let's continue. Verse 9. We should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. We should not test Christ. How did they test Jesus? How did they test God and were killed by the snake? Okay, before we talk about the actual incidents, we talk, let's look at another incident, how we can test God, because we are not to test God, right? And uh, in Numbers 21, verse 4 and 5, they travel from Mount Hall along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread, there's no water, and we detest this miserable food. So this is, this is 
like 38, 30, well, almost 40 years, they have already uh, experienced God's greatness throughout these 40 years. And now they are ready to enter into the promised land. And God said, get up. And, and they, are, they, they, they are moving forward. And God says, you, you don't go and attack the Edomites because I've given that land to them. They are the descendants of Esau. And that land is for them. So because of that, they have to go a longer road into the promised land, passing through the Red Sea and then uh, going around the territory occupied by the Edomite. And because that journey was long, it's longer, it's hard, they begin to murmur and complain. The Bible says they spoke against God and against Moses. That's testing God. So when we speak against God's dealing, God's ways, God knows how to lead us throughout that 40 years, 38, 40 years, through the wilderness, they have experienced God's leading. And now, even though this is a longer road, this is, this is harder, God knows what He's doing, and he's, He has a purpose in that. So when we murmur against God's dealing in our life, we are testing God. That's what they did. They get impatient. Right? And then, Normally, when people murmur against God, they, they don't murmur against God they, directly. They murmur against the leader, Moses. And it's recorded here. When you speak against God's leader in this way, you are speaking against God, right? So God uh, disciplined them. A plague started and many, many were killed as a, as a result. Okay, uh, this is how we test God, right? When we uh, murmur against God's dealing, God's leading. You know, maybe you're going through some tough time, a difficult uh, path that you've been, been walking in. And you begin to grumble. You begin to murmur, you know, where is God? And, you know, you're going to let me die, but be careful. These are written as example for us to follow, not to follow. In, in their footsteps, in their wicked ways. Okay, so be careful when we murmur against God's dealing, when we begin to take things into our own hand and want things our way, right? Just be careful. And then with the Lord Jesus, Satan took him up to the highest point in the temple and said, jump down. Didn't God say he would have his angels to catch you so that you will not dash and, and, and broken into pieces, no. But jump down, prove God's integrity, prove that His word is true. Jesus say no. You cannot test God, right? You cannot put the law, you, our God, to, to the test. God will prove Himself. Through the journey, He has proven Himself. He always proves Himself. But we are not to test Him. We are not to do silly things and and, and prove whether he is, he is uh, he's faithful. He will do what he says. No, we are not to do that. When we do that, we are testing God. So we are 
to follow, we are to trust, we are to obey, and whatever the journey may be, difficult, easy, whatever it is. Okay, so with them, what did they do? We talk about the Bible specifically talk about the snake. This happened after Korah and his gang, they were destroyed because of rebellions, because of uh, hardness, and because of envy. The earth opened and swallowed them. Fire came down and burned some of them. So they were all destroyed. And after that, the next day, the people began to rise up to murmur and complain against Moses and Aaron. Despite the fact what they saw is all God's doing. And there's no fear of God in their heart. There's no understanding at all at God's ways. And they think that they're very spiritual. They murmur against Moses and Aaron and say, you kill the people of God. So sometimes we are so blind spiritually, we, don't, we just cannot see. We just cannot see how our way, our wicked ways, our terrible ways are actually totally against God. And yet we, are, we think we're speaking for God and being very spiritual. So what happened? In verse 6 of Numbers 21, Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bite the people, and many Israelites die. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. So it's deadly to speak against God and against God's leader. It's deadly. Just because it didn't happen, don't take it for granted. It wouldn't happen. Remember the Bible says these are written as example for us so that we will not follow their evil ways. Okay, so do not grumble because these are deadly, deadly sin. Right, uh, let's read another description in number 16 verse 41. The next day the whole Israelites community grumble against Moses and Aaron. You have killed the Lord's people, they said. But when the assembly gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron and turned towards, and turned towards the tent of meeting, suddenly the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. You see, they, they gathered against, in opposition against Moses and Aaron. Okay? Despite the fact that Moses and Aaron was only following God's, God's uh, instruction. And in fact, they were pleading for the people. Otherwise, God would have wiped all of them off. They still don't realize it. It was Moses who stopped God and said, no, God, please don't do it. And despite of all this, they, they're turning against Moses, they're turning against Aaron. Okay, so... All these examples, they are written for us today, especially today in the end time. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. The next verse, verse 11. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us 
on whom the culminations of the ages has come. So this, this stories that we've been talking about for so many weeks, they are written for us, especially for this end time. Why? Because at this end time, there will be many of these testing that will come. Many God's people will, will fall away. Their hearts will grow cold because of the situation, the, the things that happen. And God is saying, hey, be careful. These are, these are for you today. These stories are for you today so that you will learn from them. And the next verse says, verse 12, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. So how presumptuous we are. Oh, you know, it's grace. Well, you know, we show contempt. We, we do things always. We think that it's okay because grace. God says, just watch it. Because those things that has happened is written for your example so that you learn from them. Okay? So don't assume it didn't happen. To us immediately, it doesn't happen. God cares about God's system is the same. God's word is the same. God's dealing is the same. Right? Uh, so, uh, so if you think you stand firm, you watch out. You be careful. And then the next verse. He said, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So let's look at here. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. The challenges, the temptation the, that we face is common. It's the same for all mankind. Those in the Old Testament, us today at this end time, it's the same. What is the temptation? What is the challenge? The challenge and temptation is this, whether you will follow God or follow your own way. You will follow God or follow friends. You know, just like Korah and, 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 and his, his gang. You follow men or you follow God. That's, that's the temptation whether you will follow God or follow your own fleshly desire. Tempted by the pride of life, you will, you, will, you, will, you, will, you will hold on to those children, those relationships, or you will say, God, I follow you. Right? So the temptation is common throughout ages and even at this end time. It will intensify, but it's the same. But if we look to God, God is faithful. God is faithful. He will bring us out. But if we don't trust Him, we, we, we want to follow all these other ways, we will, lose, we will lose what He has promised, what He wants to give to us. Okay, let's look at the final thing. So how do we Make sure we 
enter into a promised land, keep the promised land, continue to build, continue in the covenant. How, how should we walk? Look at 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 and 25. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So how do we run and walk in this journey so that we will win the prize? We will enter into the kingdom of God, our inheritance that God promised. How do we run this race? He said, people will enter into the race, they run it to win. Do you run to win? Or you're just entering the competition and just, you know, just be one of the competitors. You have no direction, you have no motivation, you have no urgency to run so that you will win the prize. You just want to be religious, you want to be a believer, you just believe grace. Paul says we run. With a purpose, we run to win. So there is the urgency, there is the des desperate, there is the motivation. So when we have that, what do we do? It's say like those who, uh, everyone who competes in the games, go into strict training. Go into strict training. Some people say, oh, you know, I don't like to hear these words. I want to hear those, you know, that's so Oh, it make me feel so good. It make me feel so high. Well, you know, it's so easy. It says you go into strict training. The words that we've been listening, we've been receiving, yes, is a little bit tough. It's a little bit hard. But we want to be trained so that we can win the prize, so that we can inherit what God has for us. That's what we want. And that's what this teaching is all about. But many will lose it. God already said, know the fact. Know this fact. Do not be ignorant. They were saved. They were baptized. They have the word. God was in their midst. They missed it because God was not pleased. Today, we may be saved by grace because of Christ. Yes. But do you Enter into the promised land. Do you enter into what God has prepared? Do we as a church? How do you run this way? Do you follow the leader? Do you submit to the leading of God through the leader? Or do you murmur against the leader? Do you want your own ways? Do you have idols that is pulling you so that you are not following God? Let the word of God speak to us. May we see the pure word that is being released to us so that we will really hold on and turn to God and trust in Him so that we, we will enjoy and, and inherit the promised land that God has given to us. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for 
the clarity of your word for linking the old and the new together so that we understand your words in its season. And we thank you that this word is for us at this end time, at this season, so that we may win the prize, the eternal prize, your eternal kingdom that you have prepared for us. And Lord, we pray that your words will sanctify our heart and mind so that we will not be presumptuous to think that we are standing when we do not have your word. Let your word be light to our path. Open our mind and heart to see what you are saying. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.